And there we go. We got everyone. So let's begin, ladies and gentlemen, lads and lasses. Welcome back to another week of the Rings of Power Reddit Talk. We're here to discuss episode six, which is Udun, in the second half of the show today. But in the first half, we are going to be hosting an interview that is co-hosted by Silmar Emily. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, Silmar Emily and I got to meet up a few times in like the pre-show launch circuit. We also have System of Cells, uh, another moderator on the subreddit. Hello, everybody. Great one today. Finally have uh, everybody's, well, one of the two favorite dwarves, maybe second favorite. I don't like that disrespect there. And uh, lastly, we have Whole Nother, another moderator on the subreddit, helping us out today with the talk. A whole nother moderator working. Uh, howdy, everybody. Uh, glad y'all are here. I think this is going to be a great interview and uh, excited to hear what our guest has to say and then uh, talk about this most recent episode, too. And, uh, you know, the reason most folks are tuning in today is because our special guest, who is also amazing to meet as well, is Owine Arthur, Prince Duran. Hi, Gang. How are you? Absolutely phenomenal. Having a hard time not fangirling over here right now. <laughs> Very funny. Now, I keep mentioning meat. You know, I got to meet Emily, meat system, meet Owine. Uh, but a lot of folks on Reddit have some questions about meat. So, Sim or Emily, why don't you kick us off with the first question? Right. So, of course, the line taking the internet by storm. Can you tell us who wrote this most memorable line of season one? Enough with the quail sauce. Give me the meat and give it to me raw. <laughs> is that is that bad? That question is for me, right? Yes, it is for you. <laughs> um, uh, to, uh, to, to be honest with you, I'm not sure um, who, which writer wrote that line so I, I, I couldn't tell you I know that JD really enjoys um, writing for the dwarves um, so maybe he did it and how can you not enjoy writing for them and there is some stone cold writers in that writer's room and speaking uh-huh. of stone how is uh, Disa liking her new table that you acquired <laughs> yeah she loves it we've already baptized it That's amazing. Um, so what what do you do every morning to kind of get into character? Do you kind of unleash your inner dwarf? And, and when you sit down to think about how you want to portray Durin, what is your inspiration? Um, well, first of all, when, um, when I get in in the morning, it's quite an early call because the, the prosthetics and the beards especially takes a, a very long time to, to be put on. So I... I I've um I remember the first time uh, the first few weeks I was shooting I would uh, arrive wide awake ready for the day but but and and kind of try and get into the character the second I arrive onto base but um I found that it, it it was so exhausting to stay in character and have that kind of dwarven fire in your belly um all morning so i kind of i i eased my i eventually found like a happy medium where i i eased myself in, into it and um right up to the point where um the beard was fully on the makeup was fully on and the costume was fully on 
that's when it, it became easier as well as 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 the um, the days went by. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, so so yeah, the, the second the costume is on, basically, I'd kind of I'd speak with my Scottish accent and they um, continue with the day and try and speak with a Scottish accent for as much as I could. Um, and then I would um, I'd play a song called A Maohid. Um, it's a Welsh song, um, but it, it's it's a very patriotic and proud song if you're Welsh. Um, it has a lot of history about um, where we've come from, what we've um, survived along the years, and and the fact that we have our own language um, um, makes it fills us with pride, and uh, and that would invoke, I suppose, um, the the inner dwarf in me. Uh, so I'd listen to that every morning, and uh, inevitably. I'd blast it really loudly. And of course, I've got an elf, Elrond, getting himself ready in the in the trailer next to me. And um, he'd pass a comment saying, uh, you're playing that music really loudly. And I went, yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and I could see that he was slightly annoyed by it. So in, in kind of, in true dwarven, Dorin and Elrond fashion, I kind of, uh, I played it louder and louder. And because it was a, uh, like a mobile speaker, I um, I moved it closer towards his trailer outside each morning just to try and get a reaction out of him. So that was That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> now, speaking of something that might get a little bit of a reaction, while we were talking, we have been able to drop on our subreddit some exclusive finale art is what we are calling it and in the middle of the art is Durin and Disa as they should be you know carrying the art because they've been carrying the show in our <laughs> hearts uh, the thread is stickied at the top of this discussion as well as obviously it's its own thread so if you want to minimize the talk you'll still be able to listen to it but you can go check out that art right now on the subreddit it looks really good I'm genuinely so sorry about this, Owen, but Durin and Deesa's relationship seems rock solid, mm. and the love between them is obvious. Can you tell us any more of their history as a couple that we might not know yet? Um, I'm not sure what else could be said about them. I think it's all written in in stone. If um, excuse the pun, um. We are, I mean, um, Sophia and I spent a lot of time um, trying to uh, ground our relationship and where we'd come from. And we talk in particular, in detail, about how we met and the fact that Durin was kind of lurking around, waiting to get her attention and, and and her being clearly wise to it all. She's very wise, is Deesa. Um She sees things before Dorin does um, most of the time. So, and she's got such a big heart. She does everything. Um, everything she does is, is for the best, I think. So, and she has... Um, she has Durin's, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, she, I mean, she thinks of him 
first. You know, she wants to do what's best for Durin and for each other, uh, and, and therefore um, for Khazad Doom, I suppose. So, so we had, we have, we've spoken a lot about it, but um, what's yet to come remains to be seen. I'm sorry, that wasn't quite the answer you were you were looking for, was it? <laughs> no, it was. I love to hear hear anybody talk about that relationship. It it really is a special one between the two of them. Yeah, it is, and it's very, um, it, it's it's I think it's a very relatable one. Um, um, a few people I'm I'm sure can relate to a married couple. You know, whether whether your parents themselves are married or you've got an auntie and uncle or your grandparents, anyone who's kind of solid and are clearly a unit and, um, um, are, you know, are each other's better halves. So um, that's certainly what Durin and Disa is, in my opinion. Now, I really loved... Um, in the introduction to Durin in episode two, um, oh. he really showed his his strength with that contest. Immediately followed by his vulnerability, which is you know itself a type of strength. Um, Durin could have shown Elrond nothing but anger when they you know at, at the reunion, but oh. he chose instead to really bear his hurt over Elrond's neglect of their friendship. Could you tell us more, maybe, about Durin's softer side? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because he did he didn't welcome him with open arms he didn't um he didn't say oh my god finally you're here he was hurt and i think uh, when people are hurt it's usually because um they really love that person and and if if you feel if you don't get what you want from that relationship then you're hurt and um anger is usually um you know, people's first reaction to that, if they feel vulnerable, fight or flight, I suppose. And um, Durin, with his stubborn nature, um, you know, wanted to humiliate his friend because he felt humiliated. And um, uh, But then when, when they were left alone, I think Elrond is, knows Durin so well. Um, their friendship, you know, they... they they go way back, I think, and and obviously play a big part in each other's lives. So really, you don't want that person to leave forever and not be allowed back into um, to Kazadum. So he does melt, and um, and and I, I think that's I think that's that's a, a lovely quality to have and. I'm not sure if he'd show his vulnerability to anybody else other than Elrond um, or Disa. Um, so that shows their, uh, the strength of their friendship, I think. Um, yeah, so, so um, yeah, it's very special. It's very special. And, and, and actually, uh, Rob and my relationship is, is very similar. We are I feel blessed to um, to have a friendship with Rob and working on this, being out in New Zealand. I, I feel like, and and as professionally and personally, um, working with Rob, I have so much respect for him, and I'll do anything for him. 
Hey, Owain, a whole nother here. Uh, follow-up question to that. We we definitely have seen Duran and Disa show their hearts on their sleeves. Um, but at the same time, we've seen both characters be uh, pretty tricky and subtle uh, from Disa coming up with an excuse for your absence on the fly to Elrond to Durin playing mind games with Gilgalad about the table. Yeah. Um, I wonder in the scene when Elrond is using his super senses to spy on Durin and Disa's conversation about the old mine. It's felt like there could be something more going on there. Is there a chance that uh, Durin and Disa were not uh, totally unaware that they were being listened to? Um, interesting question. I've never certainly didn't think about that. Um, so um, I don't think uh, that um, that's what the, the Durin's intention was um, for that for that to happen, um, but uh, but possibly I, I'm sure you can interpret that how you like. Um, uh, I, th- I think if he wanted to wanted to show Elrond um, the Mithril, then he would have taken him down there himself and hidden him from everyone, I think. Well, I think the way they, the way that Durin uh, plays off of that then shows some of his, some of her, his subtler qualities, the way that he is able to navigate the situation when he's discovered by Elrond. Mm. Yeah. I mean, so uh, I think Durin's instincts are, are pretty good, to be honest with you. He's, um, he, it's, it's. I don't know if it's a, a, the dwarven. It's like a dwarven um, dubiousness to him that um, he he's, he he finds it quite difficult to trust anyone outside his circle. And and uh, he, I'm sure Durin feels an outside um, an outside element other than Elrond's coming in here uh i mean i mean we hear him say that i think it was episode four with his um with his father that he um he thinks something else is at work here um because it can't be coincidence you know that we discover mithril or grey glitter and elrond turns up um it's not just elrond you know there are other forces of the elves um, Gil Galad, um, I think um, Durin's father has has pretty much rooted a mistrust with the elves in him, um, and I think apart if Elrond and Durin weren't friends, I don't think I don't think Durin would gi- would give them the time of day. To be honest with you, um, so yeah, I'm not sure if I've answered your question there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So you've talked a little bit about your relationship with Robert and how it kind of mirrors Durin and Elrond's relationship. Mm. Um, but could you talk a little bit more about what it's like to kind of develop this very Tolkienian friendship? And are you guys able to improvise any of your lines? Like, what do you guys bring to this to this relationship? Well, Rob and I, we went um, to kind of uh, everything is an adventure in Middle Earth. Uh, and um, I remember my childhood, certainly growing up in Wales, 
um, before mobile phones. Not sure if many of you have ever been in that existence. But uh, when I was growing up, there weren't any mobile phones. So you would, and I lived, I grew up in a village on the side of a mountain. And therefore, what we did was we would go, literally go out on an adventure to go up the mountain, into the forest, play in the park. And you would be out all day. You know, we'd, we we wouldn't kind of grab a, a packed lunch and, and take a drink with us or take a plaster in case you hurt yourself. You just go out all day. And I think that's quite Tolkienian, come to think of it. So Rob and I, um, we uh, when we were out in New Zealand, we went to a place called Rotorua. And we went on a journey through this forest in the middle of the night. And it was quite intimate. Um, we had a guide, obviously, sh- um, showing us um which way to go and and to have something to see something magical um with someone um it it, it kind of bonds you um so so uh, we did various other things for, you know things that i had never done before so um there were glowworms there that that evening and then and then uh, i think uh, uh, like two eyes were looking at us in the forest and we we weren't sure what animal it was but you know it was like oh is this danger i mean it wasn't but because it was it was it was new zealand but you know you you share those experiences together and it bonds you we um i'm sure amazon won't like to hear this but it, it's okay we're here and we're alive we went up in in an airplane um, and landed on water. I've never done that before. We 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 um, w- went up in a helicopter and landed on a volcano. And you know, we did very, very Middle Earthy, Tolkienian um, adventures. Um, and it was it was personal, and therefore it, it was an effort to do that. And I'm really really glad we did it. Um, and then we were just there for each other the whole time, and every t- we would um, have discussions about the scenes, and 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 sometimes we'd you know we'd um, just adjust them a little bit, or or have a discussion with with the showrunners and and ask for next extra bits for for us to go in there. Um, so by the time we got on set, we didn't, we didn't have, you know, we weren't improvising. There is scope to, um, to improvise within the lines, um, on how you deliver it. And that again is something, um, quite special when you're acting with someone, you communicate with them in a different way. And it's that in itself is quite intimate as well. And if you know, and if both of you are on the same wavelength and tease each other and challenge each other and look after each other on set, um, um, you know, because the responsibility that we have um, representing dwarves, representing young Elrond, is quite high. And, and, and that, so there, there was pressure every day um, to to do the best that we could. And I have to say, hand on heart, um I feel like Rob and I did that every single day. And 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 I'll 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 whatever happens in season two, three, four, and five, I will never ever forget the 
shooting this first season um, with Rob and with Sophia and also Peter Mullen. I absolutely love that. That I think it definitely shows in your performances. It's such a strong friendship. So we can we can see we can tell. We, yeah, I mean we've we we it was it was that was the idea to to have that history behind us to have that bond, and and I'm I'm quite surprised and humbled actually that people have picked up on that and 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 it's you know it's it it, it was a concerted effort and. We mean it, you know. Everything is there. Everything, everything is there in in the heart and in the mind. Speaking of everything is there in the heart, uh, when was the first time that you heard the Casa Doom music, and what were your thoughts? Oh my life! So I didn't hear it. I mean, the music wasn't composed, um, you know, when we when we were shooting it. But we had a screening at the Amazon Studios in LA. Uh, where we saw the first three episodes together. And that's when we... Well, actually, no, I tell a lie. I'm lying to you. (laughs) The first time I heard it was on... um, We're on the trailers. But the the first time I felt the full impact of it um, was in a screening room and um, in front of... um, yeah, with everybody else, and you know, seeing it in the context of 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 each episode, and I was very proud. It did, it did give me um, goosebumps. Actually, what um, and the hairs did did stand on the uh, did stand up when it, when I heard it. It kind of made me go, "Yes, here we are. We are proud. We are dwarves. Watch out." To me, it's the perfect music, and it's nothing. There's no other track that is better than that one. I have a Apple uh, Music playlist, and I put yeah. shuffle to to be fair, but it's just the dwarven music. But Casa Doom is in there fifty times, and every other track has one. So even yeah. when you shuffle, I know what's coming. But <laughs> there's been a million memes right, online right. of people <laughs> showing folks dancing in the background, or there's a, there's a cat bobbing its head up and down to the Casa Doom music. Have you seen any of those? Oh, I've seen. Oh, have I? You you oh, probably no, no, no. you might have seen it from my Twitter. I'm not sure. Um, I've seen I've seen a cat staring to staring to a flame. And it, it, it kind of, it's got some, I mean, it's got Sauron vibes about it. It's, it's, it's scary, but brilliant. Have you guys seen that one? Oh yeah. Yeah. If it's Dwarven and it's on the internet, I've, I've definitely seen it. Right, right, right. So King Durin Third is a really imposing figure, sort of a traditionally stoic leader. And we've already seen how the king and the prince disagree about Mithril, but... Does Prince Durin in general feel ready to be king when his time comes? Does he think he'll do a better job than his father or worry he won't live up to him? Oh, that's a big question. That is a big question. Um, I, 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 so I, I, I think Durin wants the world to know um, about Mithril. Um, his father... Um, and it remains to be seen who's right or wrong here. Um, but he, his, 
dubious about it. He's, um, you know, wants to keep it to himself, I suppose. He doesn't want the world to know what, because I don't think, because we don't know what it is yet. Um, um, but I think Durin is, is very excited about it. And um, I think he sees an opportunity in here. Um, but until we've got a grasp of exactly um, what it is and what we can do with it and uh, and it, it, it's true value um, uh, then I think I think um, I th- I th- yeah I don't know who I agree with either I don't know if it's if if it's done in the third or fourth um, but there is that the, the, I think it, it's a challenge for um, for during the fourth to to navigate um, his expectations uh, and and what kind of king is he going to be? Uh, I think he feels shackled by his father, um, and you know they say. They say that your parents are always right, don't they? So you can't—he's toying with that as well. He—he's—he respects his father um, without a doubt, um, and and he loves him dearly. And I think and 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 he is loved by his father. Um, but the, but but I think uh, and but I think Elrond has opened um, Dorin's eyes to. To, re- to the rest of the world, because there's empathy there, I think, with Durin, um, towards Elrond. And therefore, it, it, it's it's kind of been a life change. He's been, a, a, you know, a life changer for Durin. Uh, and, and he's opened his eyes to other races, to the rest of the world. Uh, and he has a, a, a possibly a better understanding or, or a more open um an openness towards the elves, and therefore he's willing to give them a chance um, because of Elrond. Whereas um, I think during the third, we'll never trust them. Um, so, so uh, I'm, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not. Sure. I, I don't think he um, Durin wants to to be a, a different leader in any way I think he's very proud of Khazad-dûm and proud of what his father is and you know father knows best um, but but there's something in Durin that, that, that believes there's something else there's something else there Speaking of something else does Durin believe the elves truly need the Mithril to save their kind or has he just decided he's going to help out Elrond just because he is his friend Um well, I think I think that's the uh, that's the initial um, uh, reaction to it. Um, yeah, the, the the thought of I mean, he's already spent twenty years apart from him. The thought of him net not being around ever um, um, is I mean, I'm, I'm I'm sure. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it's definitely Elrond first, and then uh, lastly. Is there anything that you, without spoiling anything, so you don't get in trouble, and I don't have to yell at either, but <laughs> can you tell us, as we get closer to the finale, Mm-mm. can we find out what is the story with Mithril? 
<laughs> what, what's the story with me? Well, there was a tall tale that the elves have told about lightning striking a tree and, you know, the light of the Silmarils headed down into the roots and rocks and causing the mithril to shine with the light of the Silmaril and that the elves need this to live and they need it by spring. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what they say. That's, um, yeah, that, that, that's what they say there. I mean... I, it's really difficult to say anything without spoiling it here. <laughs> it's, right. Uh, um, and just wait till next week. That that's there. You go. That's your teaser. Wait. Wait until uh, episode seven. And and we will. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to go ahead and wrap up your portion of this now. But just obviously, you and I have talked plenty in recent times. We even got the FaceTime from the red carpet in London. Oh, we did. Yeah. We and did. Uh, oh, I, I just want to say, you know, in the lead up, I had so many concerns about how the dwarves were going to be portrayed and making sure that they got the dwarves right. And they weren't just comedic relief and that there is spots for comedy, but it doesn't need to be all the time. And J.D. and Patrick told me repeatedly, just wait until you see it and then tell me what you think. And I cannot think of a better representation of the dwarves, the performances that you, Peter, Sophia have put on. As a massive, huge fan of the Doors, it easily it makes it so easy for me to recommend to friends and family, and even people on the internet who aren't fond of the show, all make note that the Doors have been absolutely amazing. Just thank you guys so much for your performances, and thank you so much for coming on to Reddit and being able to talk with us today. It really does mean a lot. That's very kind of you, mate, and I've um, um, yeah, I'm humbled by that. Thank you so much. That I can't tell you that means. Um, that has a very positive impact on me, and I can't wait now to um, to get started on, on on season two. Before I let you go, and this was not yes. proof for me to ask, so I'm I'm going to get in trouble. But um, don't worry, don't worry, go for with, it. With season two coming up, I was wondering if you were going to be able to get there in time because I thought you had a an injured back from carrying the entire brand of Lord of the Rings for the the past couple of years. Are, are you going to be okay and film in time for season two? <laughs> You're very funny. Um, yes, yes. I, I mean, I'm, it's a struggle, but I'll be okay. Don't you worry. I'll soldier on. I appreciate you so much again, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for coming on. Take care, man. Bye, guys.